Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. I invite you now to share in the reading of God's holy word, whether you have your own scriptures or possibly following. Is it on the slide? Is that part of the tradition here that the slide will include the scripture lesson? No. So if you have your Bibles or want to use a pew Bible, I'll be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 18. It's today's lectionary text from the Gospel and invite you to um, hear these words. Um, I'd like to go off script one more time, though, and invite you to stand as you're able for the reading of God's holy word because I've learned that it's good to stretch before the preacher gives a sermon. So at least do that for me this morning, and let's um, give God um, glory as we stand to hear his word proclaimed. Let's hear this word of God. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoning Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? And Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asked him, what is this truth? Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word that is holy, that is true. And we pray, O Lord, that as we take a moment to reflect upon this word, that our ears and our minds, our hearts would be open to whatever your Holy Spirit is stirring within us, to better understand, to grapple with this text, to lean into this text. And we pray, O Lord, to live this text as disciples, your disciples in the world today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, friends, I I try always, as I'm learning in this new district superintendent's role, to try to find a way to connect with the community of which I'm engaged in and before on a Sunday morning. And I desperately tried to find a way to connect this Christ the King Sunday with some kind of King of Mantio. I couldn't find that when I did a Google search, right? But I did find this, and this will give me a sense of how this is going to go for the next few minutes. I did, I did find myself wondering, if it wasn't for King, King Ferdinand of Spain, if it wasn't for King Ferdinand of Spain, I wonder if we might not even have a Manio today. And then I got thinking about Queen Elizabeth, which made me think about this past summer when we first arrived here and our home is in Camden, and our two college-age boys were back home with us, and we decided we needed to do something local to celebrate us being back near the Outer Banks. 
and we decided to come to Manio and participate in that beautiful outdoor drama. And I thought, well, maybe there's a tie there between Queen Elizabeth and Christ the King Sunday and King Ferdinand. And I thought, you know what, David? Just stick to the word. <laughs> because it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. So I want to stick to the word, y'all, on this Christ the King Sunday. And what I've learned through my time now, and I was reminded as Nathan read that, 27 years in North Carolina, I'm just grateful that the good people of North Carolina have not kicked me out. That for 27 years, this has been home for us. We raised two boys here. Um, we are intending to stay here as far as I know. Jackie's certainly enjoying her return to Currituck High School as a math teacher. I'm absolutely loving my role as a district superintendent and being able to be with people and support pastors and clergy in their efforts to share ministry and to share the love of God throughout their communities. So as I stand before you this morning on Christ the King Sunday, I offer this teaching as a sense of we are in the middle of a, of a transition in years. This is the last day of the Christian year, liturgical calendar, right? So we're ending this liturgical year. And as I consider and think about um, Pastor Mark and the group of youth that are, that are there in Chapel Hill, I always taught confirmands this little acronym, ACELEP, A-C-E-L-E-P, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, as a, re, as a reminder of these are the, the seasons of the Christian year. So we're at the end of Pentecost today, this end of a season of the green pyramids, right, that today we use white to celebrate Christ the King, and then next Sunday, you're going to celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. So in the midst of this season, as we consider Christ the King Sunday, think about the times that you hear the word king or kingdom in our faith tradition. The kingdom of God, right? They, they, ask, um, they ask candidates for ordination. That's a question in, in the papers. Tell me what the kingdom of God is. This is a small question, y'all, right? But that's, that's a question that they want us as clergy to understand and to, and to grow with and to, under, and, to, and to live into as we teach and celebrate and worship with our people. How about this? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we prayed that. We just prayed that. The king of all kings, right? The crown that Cindy showed us this morning. The Old Testament is full of kings. King Solomon, King Saul, King David. Our hymnal includes evidence of the king, like come thou almighty king. In the 11 o'clock service, we'll rejoice the Lord is king as a part of our hymn. We heard king this morning in the, in the, in the, in the song shared as a part of our praise. We will glorify the king of kings. And this gospel lesson for us this day, this gospel lesson is found in all four gospels, this conversation between Pilate and Jesus. But only in John, only in John does Jesus respond to the questions. John's gospel is a gospel that has high soteriology. That's a $10 word for you this morning. Emphasis on salvation that Jesus offers us. So Pilate begins interrogating Jesus with the first question as we open up with verse 33. And Jesus answers with his own question. I love how Jesus does it. He's always flipping, flipping things, right? He's always flipping it around. And he becomes the interrogator. Jesus challenges Pilate's authority when he asks, Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Jesus already knows the answer to that. But he's engaging with Pilate on this conversation around who he is. 
Jesus realizes there are folks behind his question. And then Pilate then tries another question, again connecting to those behind him. Your own nation and the chief priest, when he asks, what have you done? What have you done, Jesus? And then Jesus offers this. And he says, my kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom is not from this world. A better translation, perhaps, of this word kingdom is kingship or reign. So if we put that in there, my kingship, my reign belongs to another realm of the spirit rather than the realm of the flesh, as one commentator offers for us. In Jesus' description, this kingdom is not about a place. It's about origin. It's about origin. Over and over again in the Gospel of John, we hear the repeated emphasis that Jesus originates from God. In the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, right? And the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. That's the first chapter of John. And here we are in the 18th chapter, and it's this emphasis, this repeated phrase Jesus originates from God, and thus, so does his authority. If he originates from God, then that's where his, his authority comes from God. The authority Jesus has does not come from military or political power, which is probably what Pilate was assuming, and thus the questions that Pilate was asking. Jesus' authority comes from God. For Pilate, Jesus' kingship is political, and it's a possible act of treason against the power of Rome. Pilate's in a tough spot here. And his questioning is trying to get at the root of what Jesus is up to. And Jesus knows this. For he says that if his kingdom was of this world, his followers would be fighting to keep him being handed over to the Jews. But friends, get this. Jesus speaks, Jesus speaks of, of, of this kingdom not being of this world. It's, it's not... It's not that it's um, coming from this world, but it's in this world. It's for the world, but it's not from this world. And we live and move and have being in this world. But we have a king, a savior, who is from another world. In verse 36, the Greek word for followers is servants. The same word that's used to describe the temple police, which use force in securing Pilate's kingship. But Jesus ironically contrasts the officers and the temple officers with his followers. His kingship, unlike that of the king Pilate serves, is not secured by force. It's a whole different kind of kingship. It's a whole different kind of reign. Jesus does not rely upon force. He relies upon truth. The kingdom for which Jesus speaks of and its authority would be exercised not through might or power, but through suffering. What king is going to embrace suffering as a way of holding rule over others? Well, Jesus, the king. That's how he rolls. That's how he engages with his reign, with his kingdom. Friends, there's, a, there's an upper room um, publication that comes out every year called The Disciplines. And the upper room that maybe many of you use, the upper room, the little paperback version that has a daily scripture and lesson and, 
and reflection meditation. This disciplines is a little bit, it's just a little bit longer. It still follows the same format, has a scripture text, it follows the lectionary. And this past week, Brittany Wynn Lee was the author, and she offered this in this devotion about the kingdom of God. She said it's for all people. And the throne of God governs in favor of the last and the least. The cabinet of God is made up of those who need one another. The crown of God is a symbol of shared pain and sacrifice for others. The motorcade of God, I love this one. The motorcade of God was a borrowed donkey. The platform of God invites the government to rest upon God's shoulders. The rank of God is the Prince of Peace. And the reign of God is co-creation with the world that God loves forever and ever. What an image of the kingdom of God and how it's so unlike what we typically think of as the kingdom. In our United Methodist tradition, the kingdom of God is a way of describing the reign of God. Wherever God's will is being done, I like to think of that's where the kingdom of God is present. Whenever people or communities experience healing or reconciliation or restoration, God's will is present as that healing and reconciliation and, and restoration is taking place. The kingdom of God is where truth is primary. It's where truth is prominent. It's where truth is productive in the midst of that community. We understand the importance of following the authority of our, of our elders, of our leaders, of those that we expect to share and speak truth with us. When you, when you go to the doctor's office, when you might be seeing a specialist, we expect that medical professional to speak truth to us, amen? We expect they're going to give us good information about our bodies, that our physical health can be better because of our following the truth of which those doctors share with us. We remember everything that is said in those moments, we hope to, and we also remember everything that's not said because we're listening to our medical providers. Players expect their coaches to speak truth. Children, children we pray are hearing truth from their parents. Therapists are paid very good money to speak truth into our lives. Clergy, we're expected to preach truth. In an age where misinformation abounds, friends, where headlines sometimes cause us to scratch our heads and wonder, is that really the truth? Where social media postings can oftentimes trip us up with not recognizing that may not be truthful. It's so good to have a king of truth to follow. Amen? A king who said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. To rely upon a king who said, I was born and, and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. That's the king of truth whom we follow. It's easy being a witness to the truth when you are truth. That's Jesus, right? He is truth incarnate. Truth is all over Jesus. He acts truth. He, he expects truth. He speaks truth. Truth is found in his teachings, in his healings, and in his loving others. Jesus, I am truth, faced Pilate's questions. Jesus, I am truth, endured the soldiers' floggings. Jesus, I am truth, carried his own cross. 
was nailed to that cross and died upon that cross. Jesus, I am truth, died on that cross for you and for me. That's the truth, friends. That's the truth. On this Christ the King Sunday, I offer these questions for us to consider as we step into the week before us, as we, we close out this season of, of Pentecost where we, we grow, grow in grace together, that, that season of Pentecost, long season of Pentecost, all throughout the summer months, the green representing the growth. We've grown in grace all these, these weeks of the season after Pentecost, and we enter now into this bridge week of Christ the King where we anticipate preparing our hearts for the incarnation of Christmas. But we're not there yet, friends. So I want to just pump the brakes a little bit and say, let's, let's lean into Christ the King this week. And let's be open to these questions of considering where are we celebrating and honoring the King of all kings? What does it mean to be charged with keeping God's covenant? To be called to worship in God's house and proclaim Christ's teachings? It's so very easy and comfortable to sit here and open our Bibles and be engaged with the scriptures, but what about after we leave here this day? Do those Bibles get open daily? Do we take time each morning, each afternoon, each evening to be in God's word, to find out what the king has to say to us that day? What would it look like if we really prayed, thy kingdom come, anticipating and expecting that kingdom to show up in our lives? How do our lives testify to the truth of Jesus being our king? What examples around us are happening that show us the reign of Christ is in our midst and that we can celebrate that? Because when we see that, friends, it becomes a memory chip for us and that becomes a possibility for us to teach that, to share that, to witness to that. We've all, I've, I trust if you've been baptized in this tradition, there's a, there's a vow that we make about sharing our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. We can knock out the first four pretty well. It's the fifth one we struggle with. How are we witnessing to this truth of the king of all kings? When can you recall a moment, friends? When can you recall a moment where you experienced the kingdom of God at hand? Where it was right beside you, right before you, or maybe it was behind you, but it was upholding you in that moment of life that you were living. When a child is learning how to walk or how to ride a bike, friends, that's a kingdom of God moment right there. When the physical therapist is helping the seasoned citizen learn how to walk again after hip surgery, that's a kingdom of God moment right there. When the teacher who has been working after school in that tutoring session with that student for weeks to, to, come, um, to come to grips with this, this particular concept or idea, and that student gets it, that's a kingdom of God moment right there. When the new mom looks into the eyes of that newborn that she's holding and cradling in her arms, friends, that's a kingdom of God moment right there. And at the end of life, when it's a difficult space, perhaps you've been there before, friends. When you are sitting bedside with a loved one who you have desperately loved, 
And God provides you an opportunity to sit bedside with that, that loved one as they embrace their final days. That's a kingdom of God moment right there. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he's the King of, king of Kings throughout all that lifespan. in the places of our lives this week. I pray that you might hear the whispering words of the King of Kings blessing you and speaking truth into your hearts as we observe and celebrate this reign of Christ in our lives. I offer this as a closing thought. I pray that you might feel the King of Kings whispering in your ear, supporting you, encouraging you, telling you, I've got you. I've got you. You can do this because I'm going to sustain you through this. So don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For nothing can separate my love for you. And friends, those words of the king, those words of the king uphold us. And they sanctify us. That's what we believe as good Wesleyan people. They sanctify us. They make us holy when we listen to the truth of the King of Kings. So friends, may this be a glorious Christ the King week for each of you. And may you lean into this week celebrating the growth that you've experienced through the season of Pentecost and anticipating the joy of preparing our hearts in this season of Advent, where the purple will remind us of the King as we anticipate the coming of the King in the incarnation of Christmas. Let's pray. O oh, King of Kings, thank you for the blessing of being together in your space today. Thank you, O oh Lord, for this kingdom of God moment where you are reigning over us, where your spirit consumes us. I pray, O oh Lord, that as we step forward into this week before us, that we all would be followers of you, the King, and that we would re rejoice we would respect and be revived by your spirit to be faithful witnesses as your followers, as your disciples in the world today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.